Welcome to the Empowered Coaches Changing Humanity podcast, where you get to hear from coaches who can help you in the most fantastic way so you can become an empowered individual. Let's just start over. Welcome to the the Empowered Coaches Changing Humanity podcast, where you get to hear from some of the most amazing coaches who can help you become more and more empowered and accomplish your greatest dreams. And today I have with me Steph Garvin, who is, I would call him a master coach. Welcome, Steph. Thank you, Stealth. (laughs) So So great to so great so to, good to be here. here. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And so Steph, you you have a pretty interesting story that we would all like to learn a little bit more about before you speak on bring out your gold and how the story you're resisting holds the treasure that you seek. Bring out your gold and you really are a master at that. Uh but first I just want to tell people that your fellow MBA colleagues thought you had won the career lottery. What they didn't know was that you cried every single Sunday afternoon, dreading going to work the next day. And you felt like you were stuck inside someone else's story until you discovered you could actually rewrite your script. And after years on a journey to recreate your story, you now love Monday mornings. You don't have to cry anymore. You help authors. You help authors and speakers build abundant businesses by leveraging the power of their story. You are a frequent guest on podcasts and international stages, and here you are, and you host the Sing Your Song, Sing Your Heart Song Summit, the only summit where authors, speakers, and coaches, hearts, souls, and missions sing together in abundance. You're the lead author of the best-selling book, Heart Notes, an anthology of inspiring letters to matters of the heart. And you're currently completing your next book. And so welcome, welcome. Can you tell us a little more of your story, some of the the details? I mean, it's just so compelling. And how many of us grow to hate what we're doing, but to the point of crying every every Sunday? What happened? Well, you know, if you were to ask me that same question a year ago, I probably would have given a different answer than I would give right now. And one of the things that that has changed in that time was was that I did publish the book Heart Notes Anthology. And in there, we wrote letters to matters of the heart. So I wrote a letter to money. And in writing that letter to money, I realized that the troubled relationship that I had with money wasn't really the problem that I thought it was. I, I had ascribed like all the pain that I was going through and uh, you know, the challenges of of that career was, was my single-minded focus on making more and more and more and more and more. Um, And really not listening to my heart. In writing that letter, what I discovered was, is that money wasn't the problem. I mean, money is inert. Money is just, you know, if you, I once shared this in a, a meetup group who was with a guy who was like completely determined that money inherently was evil. 
Like it was just plain evil. And I said, you know, if I were to set a million dollars of cash here in the middle of this table, you know, it would not be doing anything evil. I mean, it, it, it can't, money itself can't do anything evil. It's what we do with money that can be good or evil or, or otherwise. You know, it's not money that's the problem. So going back to that, that heart note that I wrote, what I realized was that there are all kinds of challenges that I was dealing with in the, in the work environment. And most of those were social, just it was a pretty caustic environment. The relationships were not nurtured. Relationships weren't, weren't valued and emotions were definitely not valued. It's like, leave your emotions, leave your life at the door and come in here and just get the work done. Don't talk about anything else. Just focus on you know crunching the numbers. And in my case, that was literally the, what I did was crunch numbers from morning until evening. And for some people, that might be a living hell to, to work with numbers all the time like that. For me, I actually have always enjoyed and appreciated numbers until I got to that point where I was just really, I was at the, the last step of my journey in career in corporate accounting and had become so incredibly uh, depressed and, to be honest, suicidal that I couldn't do it anymore. I had to, I had to stop doing what I was doing in order to, to find a healthier path for myself. And in doing so, I started removing things from my life that were causing me pain that weren't as I came to, to call it, I looked at, at my emotional balance sheet and I looked and saw, okay, what are the things that are boosting my energy and what are the things that drain my energy? And I want to get rid of the things that are draining my energy and focus on those things that boost my energy. So when I removed the things that were draining my energy because there was so much wrapped up around money and about uh, you know just doing that kind of work, I stopped pretty much anything that I had to do with, any, with anything as with numbers. My wife took over the finances. I stopped even going to the store because I didn't want to see numbers on price tags or, or whatever. And just really removed myself from, from that space until about a year and a half ago, maybe two years now, that I started to, to realize that I'd healed so much in, in my life, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, et cetera that one of the remaining areas that I had not really addressed was my relationship with money. So how can I create a, a healthy and happy relationship with money? And I have to tell you that, that it, it has not been a smooth journey. There, it continues to be an evolving journey, but it, but it has come to be the point where, you know, I am pretty excited about money and, and I do love the language of money which is one of the benefits that I got is from working as a corporate accountant is that, you know, I got really conversant with money at a, a level that most people, even most entrepreneurs don't ever get to because they just don't have that, that background. And so it, it went from a place of a real struggle and, and sadness to a place of joy and satisfaction. Can I, can I stop you there? Yes. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it went from, you know, sadness into joy and satisfaction. You spoke about, you started to pay attention to your emotional balance sheet. Everybody, this is gold right here. <laughs> pay attention to your emotional balance sheet. 
And then you went to, you started to pay attention to where your energy was drained, where you felt drained and where your energy, where you felt alive, whatever the word you used. Can you tell us how the emotions play into that? Can you just go into a little more detail on that, what you were really paying attention to? Because I think this emotional balance sheet, we can't expect perfection or we can't, we can't just expect all the happy, positive emotions because we're human beings and God designed us to feel everything. Mm. Yes. Yes. And yet, somehow your emotional balance sheet was off the scale in one direction. Can you talk about the emotional right. energy? So balance? from a, I'll start with by just talking about the, the financial balance sheet. You know, if you look at a financial balance sheet, you see assets, you know, cash and equipment and all that kind of stuff. And you also see liabilities, you know, accounts payable and that's that kind of thing. So it, by nature, it we have pluses and we have minuses. And that's just the way that it is. Similarly with our, our emotions, you know, we have emotions that, that are elevated, you know, we joy and happiness and peace and, and love and those types of things. We also have counterbalancing emotions, anger and despair and discouragement and, and so forth. And what what really causes the problem is when we get what I refer to as, as emotional bankruptcy, where our liabilities far exceed our assets, our emotional assets. You know, so am I spending time on a on a consistent basis adding to the things that that bring me joy, that bring me energy, that that help me to be in a, a positive place? Or am I spending all my time doing things that, that drag me down and, and frustrate? And it's by being conscious of those things. And part of what I, one of the big shifts that I made in, along the journey was in the past, I had been looking at, well, what's the right answer? You know, like, if I, can I go to a book? Can I go to, you know, whatever resource and, and see, well, does that pan out? Does it, does it make sense? Does it, does it balance or reconcile in the financial world? And what I learned to do is, you know, there's that part of it, the, the, the numerical part of it, which I think is a valuable part, especially as entrepreneurs, coaches, et cetera. You know, we need to look at, do the numbers track? But we also need to look at the narrative part of it. In that, you know, what is the story that I'm telling myself? What am I moving in a direction that I want to be moving? How do I feel about what I'm doing right now? Rather than casting our feelings aside, you know, putting our, our emotions, you know, in, in the back burner or, or far away from us, bearing those emotions, if, if we welcome those emotions, no matter what they are, you know, whether they're classically called positive emotions or, or negative emotions, you know, every one of our emotions is a, a bit of information that helps us to, to see whether we're going in the right direction. That's right. That's so great. That's so great. And so how did you go from this place of moving into emotional bankruptcy on your balance sheet to writing the book and then helping other people? people especially authors and and uh, speakers with their stories 
Well, it was a journey. <laughs> and it wasn't a uh, weekend trip. It was actually a rather long journey. And my first focus was on just getting better, you know, getting into a good emotional, mental state myself. And that honestly took a few years for me to, to get to that place and pretty concentrated effort. But once I started getting into a place that, that I was, you know, feeling joy and satisfaction and waking up and, and loving Monday mornings or, you know, just waking up and, and being in a good place or being able to get to a good place if I woke up in a state that, that wasn't so positive that I had practices in place that helped me to get to a good place pretty quickly. That, you know, I, so I had all this wealth in my life of practices and, and experiences and, and relationships that were really rich. And I realized, you know, I can hoard this all myself or I can start sharing with other people and start sharing my journey, start sharing my stories with other people. One of the first places that I began to do that was I joined Toastmasters, although I did that reluctantly. Uh, I had been going to this networking meeting and one of the other participants of the networking meeting kept inviting me to attend his Toastmasters club. And I'm like, I've been there and I've done that and I really don't, I'm not interested, but he wouldn't stop. And so I finally, to get him to stop, I said, okay, fine, I'll go. And I actually had a really good time because the people at this Toastmasters club were so different than the ones that I had been to previously. All the ones previously had been all buttoned up, you know, and starch collars and all that kind of thing, and which was not my jam. But the one that I went to, you know, everybody was pretty laid back. The, the president of the time, I think, was a was a professional clown comedian and you know, just had a lot of fun. And, and it was a really cool experience. So as a Toastmaster, I got more and more into it. And eventually I began to open up about my struggle with depression. And I was surprised at the response that I got because depression was always something that I held close to my chest and I didn't want anybody to know about the struggles that I dealt. But what I realized, and one of the, one of the first places, ways that that showed up was I was scheduled to give a speech but I was so depressed during the time getting ready to give that speech that when I got up to give my speech, I said, you know what, I've been dealing with some depression and I've been too depressed to actually develop the speech. So I spoke for five minutes, five to seven minutes, which is what a typical Toastmasters speech is about how depressed I was that I couldn't give a speech. And at the end of it, the Toastmaster stood up and gave me a standing ovation. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that was so different than what I expected because I expected, you know, kind of like, well, get out of here and, you know, leave us alone. You're, you're not performing. And instead I got lots of love and support and it was amazing. And as I did that more and more, I found that people were actually inspired by the struggles and the, the way that I had faced and overcome the struggles in my life. So that I began to, to see that the struggles in my life weren't just this terrible thing that I wanted to shove away from me, but actually bring out and share with people. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And so, and so then you moved into writing the book and sharing your story, which is so heartfelt. And how many of us have suffered from depression? 
me included, severe depression. I was told in my early 30s, you will be on antidepressants the rest of your life. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. So congratulations in getting your story out there and really getting you out there um, so that others can be helped. And, and you don't even know to what level. And so what made you tell us more about uh, finding your gold and, and sharing your story, how you, how you help others do that. Well, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about just about an hour or two ago in preparing for this interview today and some other things that I'm doing was I was thinking about, you know, how do you bring out your gold? How do you, um, how do you uncover your hidden treasures? Right. And what I realized was, is that our stories really are treasure maps that, you know, whatever journey that we've been on. So for example, you know, you being in your thirties and being told by the doctors that you're going to be on antidepressants for the rest of your life and getting to a place where that isn't the case, you know, that that's pretty momentous. I mean, that's a heroic journey, right? So there's treasure there of being in a healthy, positive, emotional place in so many ways. And if we keep if we keep the story to ourselves, you know, just like my struggle with depression, if I didn't talk about that, you know, it, there's the privacy of that. And I totally respect, you know, there is a time and a place and an audience to share your story. And there, there are times and places and audiences to, with whom, you know, you, you don't share your story. You, as the author and the publisher of your story, you get to choose where and when and who you get to share your story you know who gets to to listen to that and if it's not a safe place if it's not a supportive place to share your story then you know find a better place um but really we all have been on these heroic journeys throughout our lives and as coaches and authors and speakers you know our opportunity is to share those stories with other people so that they can get to a better place themselves you know we're all in the, the business of helping people to, to get to the next place that they want to be uh, along their positive journey. And one of the ways that we do that is by sharing our experience with other people, you know, sharing what we know, sharing what we've learned, sharing who we are and sharing our experiences. With them. And so and it's, it's really defining that and, and getting clear as to what that looks like. And, and so, yeah, authors, speakers share their story to inspire others, to help others. And it's one thing to share your story, but what if you're not really, truly bringing out your gold? What if? Then are you helping? Are you inspiring to the level that you're truly capable of? Are you, are you really stepping into your greatness to inspire another? And even from personal experience, looking at my own story, you know, we all have lots of stories yes. to tell when and, and to who, knowing we are attracting those souls. So they show up that one time to hear our story. And if we're not fully bringing out our gold, they can miss the boat. They may not get the value that they came for. They may not, not, may not be inspired. So 
tell us more about about bringing out the gold? Well, you know, one of the first things with regards to that is one identifying, knowing what the gold looks like, right? I mean, you can go digging in the mountains around you. I think we both live in kind of mountainous areas, right? Um, You know, you can go bring your pickaxe and start hacking away at, at the ground and, you know, put a lot of effort into that. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you know, you can waste all your energy and exhaust yourself and never get to the gold, you know, because you don't know what it looks like. So what does the gold look like for you in, in your life? What is the, the mission? What is your purpose that you're trying to, to um, realize? And one of the ways that I think about that is what is the journey that I'm taking people? You know, where am I taking them? Are, are, and my focus is on helping people to get to a more abundant place in both in their hearts and their wallets, you know? So what are the stories that I need to tell in order to help people to get to that place where they have, you know, the, the emotional resources, the emotional wealth that they want to have, as well as the financial wealth that they want to have. And some stories will, will fit in that and some stories won't. So there's that part of it, of being able to identify it. Another part is, is making sure that you're speaking the language that your audience understands, you know, and that and can relate to. You're speaking to a group of, you know, high schoolers, you know, seniors in high school about to you know, graduate and take that next step. It's going to be a different conversation than, the, than talking to a, a room full of women entrepreneurs who have graduated from high school years ago and have been in business for however long they've been in. I mean, they're, they're in different places. And so different stories are going to, to resonate in different ways. And so it's, it's knowing one, what, what is the story you're telling? What's the purpose of it? What's the, the value that, and not just a, a generic value, but like how do you identify the value that you're creating? Is it helping people to um, you know, be more comfortable with their money? Is it helping people to be more comfortable with themselves? Is it helping people to be more comfortable with other people? Each of those stories, each of those journeys that you're taking people on have a different trajectory, a different storyline to follow in order to get to where they and you want them to go. Okay. And so so you've mentioned three very important things. So one, learn how to identify your gold. You have to be able to see it. You have to learn to recognize it because when we're when we're panning for gold in the mountains, it doesn't come out as a shiny gold coin. <laughs> you know, it's very different. And then when you are sharing your gold, once you've found that, you need to be so conscientious of your listener. So to speak the language of the audience, wow. So you're not going to have the same story, or at least you won't tell the same story in the same way to a different audience, and then identify the value that you're bringing them through your gold. Do I have it right? Yes, yes. Okay. You know, one of the things that I've discovered through uh, along my journey is that you know, as storytellers, and especially transformational storytellers, it's not just to be able, it's just as important to be able to tell your story as well as to listen to your audience in order to, to see how they are responding and what they are bringing to the story. Because as storytellers, we 
we have the story that we're telling it is is held between us as the teller and our audience as the listener right there it, it isn't just one-sided it, it's this co-created experience and the better we are at, at listening to our audience and seeing how they're responding and, and where they're getting stuck or where they need some extra help or, or whatever that helps us to, to shape the story in a supportive and successful way and so it's engaging in the conversation so we are not speaking at them we are speaking with them we are communicating with them absolutely and and so in telling our story if we don't have the opportunity to see what do we do on video like on on zoom what, what do you do when you're when you're telling your story and you know let's let's choose the the second category of group that you're speaking to say entrepreneurial women and i'm in the audience and you can't see my face and so you don't know how i'm responding but i'm really engaged and and so what might you do to to hear the audience to uh have that communication going sure well first of all there's kind of the, the pre-work before you get on, on video of getting to know your audience. You know, what is it that, that Stealth wants in her, in her life that, that she has come and, and spending time with you in front of the, the video in order to move forward? So it, it's having those conversations. And it's not just, it's getting out there among the audience before you get to the camera and are speaking with them there, right? I love the energy of that because you're going in with the attitude, I care about you. I want to know more about you. How can I serve you? Absolutely, yeah. I'm showing up to share my story and hopefully you'll learn my lesson like I did. Instead, you it really is going in with a wide open heart of caring. Absolutely. I think that's the magic ingredient, you know, is, is being connected, having our hearts connect in a way that, that not only do we feel like someone is intelligent and knows what they're talking about, but also cares about us enough to, to hold us in a, in a good place. I'm reminded of the Maya Angelou quote, that where she says something along the lines of, you know, people will forget what you say, they'll, you know, they'll forget, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. And so how do you create, how do you share yourself, share your story in a way that people feel in the way that, that they and you would like them to feel? And that's a collaborative effort. I, I love it. The, the pre-work, you just you go in with caring. What do they need from me? How can I serve? And that, and the second part of that is, is invite your audience when you're on doing a Facebook Live, for example, to engage, you know, share what is resonating, share whatever questions or concerns they might have. You know, invite people into the conversation, invite people into the story so that they can engage and and so that both of you, both you as a storyteller, as a coach and the, the, the guide, come away with 
better insights as to what that relationship's all about and what's needed. And the, the story listener walks away feeling like they have been heard, that their questions have been answered and their hearts have been felt. Their hearts have been felt and filled, hopefully. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully. Oh, that's that's really that's really helpful. And I I I just I keep thinking of the energy of all that. You're going through with that energy. You're not just showing up um with the focus on the self and I'm here to speak. So yes, yeah. It's, it's that connection. It's that connection, and we can do it easier in live, speaking live, and we can do it over Facebook Live and Zoom and that sort of thing. And so, and so you also, you talk about how to share your story and about the resistance, um, the resistance to sharing that part that maybe we don't really want to share. Are we aware of it? Are we conscious of it? Are we not conscious? It's like, I am not going there. Tell us more, please. Well, one of the things that you brought up earlier was just, you know, that, that, um, the way that I'm translating it at least is that when we are sharing our stories, there are parts of that, that we're still in the process of, of healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. So on the, the storytelling journey, there are oftentimes begin by sharing our story with others so that we can heal. Right. You know, we like, for example, you know, me working with a therapist you know, to, to work through some of the struggles that I had in, in my life, to, to face things that I was uncomfortable facing, having that supportive in, environment in which for me to explore things. You know, so there's, there's that healing part of the journey. And then there's the, the healer part of the journey. You know, once we've gone through the healing ourselves and know how to get to a better place, then we can, as the healer, when we're telling our story, help other people to get to a better place. You know, share our stories in such a way that others hear and feel and connect and relate so that they know that, as I like to say at the end of my recordings, is we can be the bright light in someone's dark night. And it's because, and it's not because, you know, we're just full of light, which we are, but also because we've been on that, that dark journey ourselves. You know, we've been on the dark side of the forest and because we worked our way through the forest, our lives, we found ourselves to the bright side and in help in mastering our story both the journey itself, as well as the expression of that story, we can help other people to get to the, the bright side as well. And so, and so it, it's so true. It's so true that we've all been in the dark side of the forest and often more than once. And the people who are in the dark side, whether they're newly in there or they've been in there for years, they need people who have gotten out of it and have, have moved into the light. And so can you give us any tips on how to find the treasure in our story? You know, like you say, we resist the treasure. How do we move beyond resistance and actually discover that treasure, which is what you help people do? Sure. So one of the things that I came across was this idea, and it actually originated from Tony Robbins, and he 
shared the idea of what is the question or what is the problem that you have been struggling with all your life, right? So there, his point was, is that we each have a, a central conflict in our life that keeps reappearing, right? And for me, my, the central conflict that, that I struggle with is valuing my voice, you know, valuing my expression and by extension, valuing myself. And, uh, and because I have struggled with that all my life, I have a lot of empathy as well as a lot of uh, skills and, and resources around that in order to, to get to a better place myself. And so I think one of the things that, that's really essential, especially as coaches, authors, speakers, is to figure out what is the story that we are, are dealing with. What is, what is at the core of what we're trying to bring out? As an example, you know, Brene Brown is, is known for her work around courage and vulnerability and shame and so forth. And that isn't just some academic thing that she stumbled across when she was going to university. It was something that, that was central to her life throughout, throughout her life, continuing to be, even though she is incredibly well-versed on the subject and, you know, has written numerous books on the subject and is recognized far and wide as, as being an expert on that. It's not like she's done with it. You know, it's like, okay, I've got that done and it's, you know, I can put it away and never worry about it again. It continues to be a struggle. And one of the reasons that, that people relate so much to her is because she's willing to share that struggle. She's willing to, to share the journey with others so that we know that, you know, if she can get as far as, as she has and gain as much mastery around what she's doing, then, then we can make, do that, follow that journey ourselves. Maybe not to the same degree or in the same, because we all have different paths to follow, but we can improve. We can get to a better place that there is hope. And that hope is, is in, involves both the, the, the struggle as well as the success. It's the journey from one place to the other. So look at the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now. Like Tony Robbins said, the one central conflict. We follow that. Or Brené Brown, what is what is the one thing that that you're dealing with? Like she dealt with vulnerability and shame for a very very long time. And I think this is key that you you will continue to. So this is where you're at on your journey where most of us feel like or have been taught by another coach or somebody that you don't share it until you've overcome it. You don't share it until you've moved beyond it. And then you're done. And I love the point that you say, we are never done. I had a spiritual teacher tell me, Cheryl, you've healed all your wounds. And I said, absolutely not. That's crazy. And she said, no, no, you really have. You've, you've, healed the majority of your wounds. And I said, no, as long as I continue to grow, it's when we strive to be better that the deeper layer will, will surface. So I, I like this, that to me, it creates more connection saying, I'm not finished. This is, this is what I've learned. This is what, what has worked for me and finding the gold in that. And even if we feel shame or resistance or fear of judgment to share it anyway, because it can help that other person that really needs your help. Absolutely. You know, it's like, you know, think about the 
deepest relationships in your life? You know, the people, you know, coaches that you that you may have worked with that you really resonated with. It likely wasn't because they put themselves up on a pedestal, like, you know, where, you know, I have all the answers and you just need to listen to me. It's more likely that that you feel that, you know, they they have made some progress and they can relate to you who is his who hasn't climbed as high on that journey as they may have. But they're still, they still make it accessible, their own journey accessible to us because they are human, you know, and we're all on a journey. And and honestly, one of the when I was severely dangerously depressed, one of the things that I was most depressed about was that I had hit a, a wall where I was like, okay, I'm going to be doing the same thing over and over again for the next 20 years, right? I, I'd gotten to, to the point that I'd gotten and I was had some mastery around the work that I was doing, but there was no growth to it. It, it didn't feel like I was, I was expanding or, or growing ourself, myself. And one of the things that I think is inherent to us as human beings is that we always want to be growing, always want to be moving forward and progressing. And if we feel like we have all the answers on whatever subject it is, where's the growth of that? You know, and, and where's the, the joy in that work? Growth is the number one thing. It is, it is absolutely number one on my list. And so it's that striving and the road is never smooth. Like you say, there are, there are bumps and, uh, and it's, I think it's natural for us too. And that's why you speak about the resistance. The resistance that we experience holds the access to the treasure within you. How did Absolutely. you learn that? How did you learn that? What was your own experience? And, and I know you have the depression, but was there a moment? Was there a single moment where you had, was there a breakthrough moment in that? That's a really interesting question. Um, and I haven't ever thought about it in quite that way. So um, can you ask the question again, first of all, this way? Yeah. So you, so you say that the resistance holds the treasure or it's through the resistance mm -hmm. that we access that gold in our story. Yes. Well, I think it honestly began when, and I can still see myself sitting there in bed. <laughs> it was, I don't know, whatever Monday, months, let's say it was Monday morning and I'd already left corporate. I mean, that was behind me, but I was feeling depressed. And I started beating myself about being depressed again. And I just had the thought, well, what if I stopped being so critical about me being depressed and just, you know, accepted that I'm depressed and, and became my biggest cheerleader rather than my biggest critic, right? That, you know, when the, when the going gets tough, you know, the, the cheerleader, internal cheerleader or otherwise, you know, is, is pumping up the energy. And in that space of, of just re taking a different perspective on my story and my struggle with depression and looking at it from, well, how can I be a cheerleader for myself here rather than a critic of, of myself? One that caused me to, to be, to accept where I was on the journey and also eventually to have some appreciation for where I was. 
And eventually it helped me get to the point where, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life was that I got so depressed that I nearly lost my life, you know, and there's that tragedy part of that. But there's also, because that happened, there was so much growth that happened that I now look at it both as, you know, as a, a really dark and difficult time and not something I ever want to experience again to that degree. And it was also a birth in that I began to see things and understand things and experience things I'd never experienced before. So it's kind of like a, a doorway was opened up in that, that dark space to, to something even better. You know, and, and so instead of looking at my struggle as being this terrible thing that I just want to get rid of, having some compassion and some empathy for that struggle... And realizing, you know, that we all have our own struggles. You know, it might not be with depression. It might be, you know, like Kristen Neff, she writes about self-compassion and has spoken about it quite a long time. The reason she focuses on a, in on self-compassion is because that's the journey that she needed to take. You know, it, it was a struggle that she dealt with. You know, and the same thing with Brene Brown, that, that the struggle with, with vulnerability and shame is one, it's a, it's a difficult thing to deal with. But it's also the reason that what she does is so valuable because it helps people to, to get to a better place. And because she is not just familiar with it from an academic perspective, but, but is intimately familiar with it and gets more familiar with it all the time, mm -hmm. you know, it, it just makes it so much more valuable. And so our, our, our challenge becomes our opportunity. That's right. And it's, so I, I get the pivotal moment. I get the pivotal moment. You're depressed. You're beating yourself up constantly for being depressed. And so that's a resistance to the truth, the actuality. The more we accept the truth of anything, the better off we're going to be. And that's where we, so it was once you, you decided to accept it, you just, you move beyond the resistance. You no longer resisted, you accepted and then you went deeper on your journey, deeper on your journey. So you actually found your gold. Absolutely. You know, the, the analogy that comes to mind for me when we talk about resistance is it's like, you know, you're, you're pulling on a, like a resistance band mm -hmm. or a, a rubber band. And the more that you pull on it, the more that you resist it, the, the harder it is. But if you just let go and, and let it be, that whole struggle goes away. It's actually very soft. <laughs> Absolutely. And, it, and it's just going from that state of resistance to letting go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like uh, even, even like a willow tree, you know, I think of the branches, the wind will blow them. And resiliency, mm. resiliency is the opposite of resistance. We, when we're resisting, that is, we just stay there. Oh no, it's like this. I have to get back over there. You know, the branch in nature doesn't do that. It gets pulled out. It may be uncomfortable and goes back. It accepts, oh, there's a wind. I'll blow the wind. Oh, there's a rain. I'll just receive the rain. Oh, the snow is weighing me down. I'll allow that. You know, yeah. it's just, that's off the top of my head. And so, yeah, it's to me, that was your real, it helps me, you know, uh, and I hope 
it helps our listeners see that we resist. We resist what will give us our gold and, and where the gold is, where the treasure is in our stories. And so to look at what are you resisting today? Where is your resistance the greatest? And really do some introspection, have a look at that, try and accept it. Mm, yeah. yourself up. Just accept it and see what happens because that creates the movement again. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it goes from overwhelming and difficult and, and seemingly like, have you ever gotten to the point where you, like I've done a fair amount of weightlifting and, you know, I'm, there's a point when you just kind of max out and you just can't even move anymore and you can keep pushing and honestly, that's probably when you're going to hurt something and, and pay for it for a long time. Or you can, one, hopefully you have a spotter when you're doing stuff like that. But that, that you don't try to force yourself to, to go through it, that you accept it, that you allow it to be. You know, it's like, okay, I'm done. You know, I, I can't lift this anymore. I need to set it aside and come back tomorrow or whatever um you know when when we uh, honor our our ability to withstand to where our limits are then we can also manage and grow within those limits rather than break within those limits. absolutely absolutely so great steph i love talking with you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this has been absolutely, absolutely fantastic uh, because we all have a story and the more you can share your story with others, the more you're helping humanity and the more uh, of an empowered person or coach you will be. And you have a free giveaway for us, your Share Your Light gathering, which you do weekly and I have attended and loved it. And you really honor people in that gathering. Can you can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. So we started this Share Your Light gathering, I don't know, six, seven months ago. And the real intent of it was just to really honor. There is so much out there in, in marketing about, you know, meeting the, the needs of, of your customer and so forth. And I think that is absolutely essential. But if you're not meeting your own needs, if you're not filling up your own lamp, you know, there's going to come a point when you're out there trying to shine for everybody, when your lamp is, is low on oil or completely out, and you're not going to be able to shine anymore. So it's the intent of, of the Share Your Light gathering is to not only be able to share our light, you know, and share who we are and, and really honor who we are and, and where we are right now on the journey, but also for us to, to get refueled so that when we do go out there and shine on stages and pages, that our light is burning brightly because we've, we've taken care of ourselves. That it's not, it's not just all about our audience, but that it, it is about the relationship that we have with our audience. And that means that, that we have to take care of both parts, take care of others as well as take care of ourselves. And too often, you know, much of the, the wisdom out there is, focusing on serving other people, but you have to take care of yourself in order to, to serve in the way that we want to serve. Especially if we want to serve, we really have to take care of ourselves. And so 
uh, it's it's a great opportunity. So we will put that in the notes and all your contact information so people can reach out to you. Any final words for our, our audience, Steph? Uh, one, I just want to honor you because you are a master at asking wonderful questions and and you've you know been on the journey. You know, one of the things that I really appreciate about experts, and here's an interesting thing about experts, is the, the word, if you look back at the etymology of it, it means basically one someone who's tried. So it's not someone who has all the answers, but someone who's been on the journey, someone who's been out there in the arena, right? So in order to be an expert, we have to be willing to, to get into the arena and, and fight for whatever it is that we're fighting for. And, you know, every one of you out there speaking to our audience, you know, is an expert in your own way. You know, you've all been in the, in the journey, you've all been in the arena, trying in, in whatever way, and just honor that, you know, honor who you are and honor what you have to share with them. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steph. It really is an honor to, uh, to communicate with you and witness you in all the light that you radiate out to the world. And so please keep going. And you also have, before we sign off, I just want you to say a little bit about your Senior Heart Song Summit. Mm, yes. So we have the Senior Heart Song Summit that is happening really soon as, as we record this right now. It's happening in less than two weeks. Um, and the Senior Heart Song Summit is, is, again, all about living life from the inside out. You know, so how how do we be at our best in order to shine brightly on stages, on pages, on, you know, just everywhere we, we go? And it brings in 21 different presenters who, one of the things that I love about doing these summits is that we all have a central topic of, of singing your heart song, but every single person that presents and has presented in the past has a different angle, a different perspective on what that means. And I think it's awesome and beautiful to see how it all comes together in this really cohesive and incredible way. Beautiful, beautiful. We will see you there. I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you so much, Steph. You have a great weekend. Lots of love and light to you. And back to you. Thank you. Thank you.